Welcome to Meditations for Misfits. I'm Fred Gruy. On our last get-together, we began to explore the first question attributed to God in the Bible found in Genesis chapter 3, where God says to the man and the woman that are in hiding, where are you? And I suggested that uh, possibly God might actually be looking for you and for me rather than us looking for God. Well, my first experience of being found by God was probably the most pivotal experience of my life. It happened on November 21st, 1971. I was 19, a freshman at West Virginia University. And to give you some context, I had grown up as a very uh, insecure, uh, naive Catholic kid. I was always very overweight in my youth, pimply-faced, and I felt shamed by my body image, didn't like myself very much. And so my method of hiding that I developed over the years, I had an ability to observe or spot uh, insecurities in the folks around me, and I developed a very quick-witted tongue, and I would point those insecurities out. The thinking, I guess, was if I could show how the people around me weren't all that great, maybe I wouldn't look so bad in comparison, or so my personal delusion went. Was a result. I didn't have very many close friends, and I was hard to get to know. And so I was in hiding. My freshman year at West Virginia, they told me I needed to have a, a major, and I really hadn't given that much thought, so I decided to sign up for acting classes. I thought maybe it might be more fun to pretend to be somebody else than to have to actually be me. So I uh, enrolled in the theater department. And uh, one of the side benefits is there were a lot of attractive young actresses in the theater department, and, and that was uh, quite important to me at that stage of my life. So anyway, I'm a freshman at West Virginia, and one day I was working in the scene shop. I was never really good at making things with my hands, but anyway, I was in scene shop helping to build some scenery for a play, and I was at a power saw uh, working with some wood, and uh, at a precise moment, one of those young, attractive actresses happened to be passing by. I was more interested in looking at her than what I was doing and subsequently pulled a power saw across my index finger Well, blood spewing everywhere. I, I found that's not a great way to meet girls. But anyway, they took me to the hospital and uh, stitched me up and I'm coming down the elevator and on the elevator was a Catholic priest and he said hi. I said hi. And by the time we got to the ground floor, he had invited me to a retreat for Catholic uh, students that was going to take place in a week or so. And I really wasn't all that interested, but uh, I think it was a Friday, and I went to, to get some beer. We called it jiffing in those days, TGIF, where we'd cut classes and go drink beer on Friday afternoon. And I went with some acquaintances to try to numb the pain in my finger and in my soul, I guess. 
And uh, well, actually, in the booth next to us, there were some attractive uh, ladies, and they were talking about going on a Catholic retreat. And I thought, well, even I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but this is a, obviously a divine sign that I'm supposed to do this. And so I went home uh, a little inebriated and filled out my application for this retreat, hoping uh, to, to meet some girls rather than to meet God. Well, anyway, I ended up on the retreat. And it was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. Uh, people were walking around carrying Bibles and saying, praise the Lord and things like that. And I had never experienced or seen anything like that. Now, the retreat consisted of uh, a series of talks given by other young adults on their uh, experiences with God and their coming to know God. And then after the talks, we would break up into small discussion groups. And I hated the discussion groups because they be, got to be pretty personal and in your face, looking at your life and what you thought. And I didn't want any of that. So this went on for about a day and a half. And uh, on the last day, uh, another one of those talks took place and they were getting ready to break up into discussion groups, which I just hated. And miraculously, the priest that had invited me uh, to the retreat said, would you rather just go to the chapel and pray? And I thought, oh, yes. So he and I were walking towards the chapel when another uh, retreatant uh, stopped the priest and said, I need to talk with you. So the priest ushered me and said, go on into the chapel alone and I'll be in in a few minutes. So I went into the chapel and I was just laying there on the floor thinking about my life, who I was, not anything in particular, how much I didn't like this retreat and was even thinking of leaving. And suddenly I just looked up at the tabernacle, which in a, in a, in a Catholic church is where they keep the elements of communion. And all of a sudden I just looked at this and something inside of me, like a light switch went on, that there really is a God and this God really loves me. And that just incredibly shook me. I, I, I can't explain to you what it was like. And I just burst into tears and I was crying. And, and as I laid down on the floor, I had an, an image of looking at Jesus on the cross. And I had, he was laying on the cross. And I, from the vantage point of, of the picture in my mind, I saw I was nailing Jesus to the cross. And I realized all the times I had wounded people and hurt people and shut people out of my life that I was doing that to Jesus. And it was a, a powerful experience. And all I saw in Jesus' eyes, looking back at me, was loving acceptance, mercy and forgiveness and grace, all those words we throw around. But I'll never forget that look. Well, I felt as if the top of my head was peeled back like a sardine tin and liquid love started pouring into me and my whole body just started shaking and I was crying. What about this point? The Catholic priest walked into the chapel and there I was all alone in this state on the floor. And he came up rather nervously and said, uh, what's going on? Uh, you want to pray out loud so I can hear? And so I just started to pray. I said, God, oh God, I don't know you. You scare me, but I want to love you. I want to learn to love you. 
And that moment began my own experience of being found by God. It was an incredible moment that changed so much of my life. And I wish I could say over the years that I've been this very holy, kind, wonderful human being, but that's, uh, that's not the case. In fact, the tragic irony is that that event somehow got twisted into me becoming a very willing participant in the my way or the highway kind of religious fundamentalism that rejected persons of other faiths or folks that had different kinds of spiritual experiences than I had. Mercifully, God has liberated me from that kind of religious blindness, and I'm very, very grateful that on that Sunday afternoon, nearly 50 years ago, God interrupted my life, captivated my heart with loving acceptance, and I have been forever changed by my experience of grace. As always, thanks so much for allowing me to join you for these few moments on your journey today. And if you're finding any value uh, in these podcasts, I humbly ask that you might uh, share them with your community and with your friends. For our closing thought today, one of my favorite writers is a guy named Brennan Manning. And in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, Brennan says, Over a hundred years ago in the Deep South, a phrase so common in our Christian culture today, born again, was seldom or never used. Rather, the phrase used to describe the breakthrough into a personal relationship with the living God was, have you been seized by the power of the great affection? And that'll be my prayer for you this week, that somehow, some way, in whatever way you connect, that you might be seized by the power of the great affection.